Uh, yeah, there we go. Hi, I'm Jay Ryan, Midnight Playset. Uh, I wanted to say a couple words to you first before we started the show today. When we left you two weeks ago, uh, we thought, hey, it might get crazy. We're kind of joking around. It's gotten pretty crazy. Uh, reels. So, um, there's a few things. We went dark to uh, try to figure out some format changes and some, some business direction for the show. Uh, obviously, all this coronavirus stuff, quarantines, a lot of things. Um, everyone's being told to work from their home and to telecommute, etc. We have the ability to do that. So we are up and running, and Late Night Playset is uh, happening. And our guest today is TJ Russell. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But um, basically, all hell broke loose. The quarantine, we talked about that. Format, format on the show. That's one of the reasons we were dark last week, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, our show has always been more of a tight interview type show. And uh, lately, with everything that's been going on, as well as our desire to sort of broaden it a little bit, uh, we think we're going to... I guess it was always more of a conversation, and uh, it still will be, but I think we'd like to broaden that conversation a little bit and, um, and, and incorporate you as much as possible and, uh, and find out how you're dealing and how you're doing going through all of this, because it's, it's crazy. Did I mention? Yeah, seriously. Uh, so with that, uh, we're going to be uh, opening up the format a little bit, playing a little more loose, um, and hopefully that should be a little more fun to watch as well because we have got a lot of time to spend together. <laughs> With that, I think we're good here. Um, yeah, just keep spreading the love. Please, I say at the end of every show, love, uh, we love you, please love one another. My God, I mean that more now than ever. Uh, and Mrs. Ryan and I just love you all so much. And we are all in this together, so. With that, speaking of which, come on over here. Let's see. From Universal City with love, direct to your streaming device with no touching whatsoever. It's late night playset. Tonight, the Baja 11, his own self, TJ Russell is here. Plus, what the hell is going on? And introducing phone calls. Yep. What's up, Mrs. Ryan? It's weird outside. <laughs> it's weird in here. They were all out of uh, the masks that we were supposed to buy. Plus, we missed Friday the 13th entirely. So uh, that's my opportunity to do that. Thanks for playing <laughs> what's, along. What's happening? Oh, All sorts of everything. Everything's new. All the stuff is new over here. Give me a moment. Uh, gosh, I guess I pretty much summed it up in the in the opening there with what's going on, Mrs. Ryan. What's going on with you? Don't not the real what's going on, but how the hell are you doing? Welcome back. Uh, this is a real deal. Welcome back. Now everyone time. gets to see what I do every day. What do you and mean? What you do? Wipe down everything and walk and oh. stay home and work from home and like self quarantine. Like well, we're going to talk about that in just one second. Welcome back to you at home. Uh, today is Tuesday, March seventeenth, twenty twenty. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> my name is Jay Ryan. This is Nicole Ryan. We are the Ryans. This is Late Night Playset. And our guest this evening has braved 
the the air and the people and uh, whatever it took to get here today. T.J. Russell, uh, that Baja, uh, the Baja 9/11, uh, is here, and we're going to have a great conversation with him. He's sitting right here, looking at me right now. We have a camera for all of that now, which I'm excited about. Yay! What's going on, brother? <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for doing it. Thanks for being here and everything. Looking forward to it. We passed you on the street. Uh, well, I don't know if it was you driving. I'm assuming, but on Lancashire one day was Probably. it was that in the in that monster? Yeah, I, I said it's my daily right now. Oh, that's <laughs> it's his daily driver. So that's a <laughs> that's a riot. All right, well, we're going to talk all about that in a few minutes when we get uh, when he gets in here. Uh, all right, yeah. So mm, we're back. We're back. We uh, have been uh, well. Everybody, I guess, has been given direction to work from home. Uh, that's not very difficult for us. We we have already built that into our uh, uh, existing infrastructure. Mrs. Ryan, what were you saying before as far as what on earth we do or every day that other people are just catching up to? Wipe things down and pay attention to what you touch and who you touch and people around you and stuff. Yeah, just a general awareness? Yeah. it's it, it, Paying attention to the common sense things that we grew up with is really important right now. And it's super important for us all the time. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, it is interesting, though. Everyone, how are we going to be home all the time? And the, it's, people are, well, I'm going to have to learn to meditate, and I'm going to have to order a weed, and all these things, trying to figure out how to handle the anxiety. You know what I mean? This was unintentionally built into our life system three, four years ago. And, yeah. uh, and actively for three years where we've been home and, and working from home. So... It's it's weird that everyone's sort of panicking about a lifestyle that we adjusted to already. Nothing has changed that much, other than the lines at the grocery store. That's that's new for me, and the fact that we can't order groceries anymore, which used to be a nice benefit because everyone else is doing it, right. instead of just the people who might have uh, you know physical ailments or whatever. Yeah, think people when it's important, it's important. Yeah, well, I think you're important. I think everything's important. I think I think we're. I've never been more we're all in this together in my entire life. 9-11, we had a bit of that. This is the globe. The globe. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Uh, Let's see. While we were gone, anything new while we were gone? Lots of I know you did lots of stuff in here. (laughs) Well, we we got some care packages while we were gone. Uh, Telefunken sent a nice surprise box with new booms in it, beautiful new silent booms, which are very nice. Thanks, No more of that sound from before. Uh, the springs are gone and stuff, and uh, and a bunch of other new equipment. So I did spend a lot of time in here doing new things. And hopefully, you will be able to uh, see some of that stuff in the coming episodes and weeks to come as we unveil some new stuff. Yippee! Uh, what else? What else? What else? Let's see. We originally had gone dark for uh, well for a bunch of business reasons and everything, and then the world is sort of just catching up with all of that. Um, I wanted to do an East Coast feed. Okay. Because because we have to catch up with them, and then I was even thinking about checking in with the East Coast feed. So let's All right. see how we do. I know we're already you know eating time here, but I I feel that everyone <laughs> no one has anything to do but time. New Earth, man. <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's a weird thing. All right, uh, checking with East Coast feed, Danbury Chive, and um, I think we're broken the Casman here. Let's see where they are. Roll it, hell. Mister, Missus Ryan, look, is broken the Casman. Here's Jen. But wait, hold on. You know Jen from meditation. You've met her before. She's been on the YouTube show. But here's Larry. Let's see Larry. Larry, how you doing? You back here? This is Larry's place. Larry has, this This is, a room in the house is a bar. 
There's a urinal. Let's talk about it. So he has a bar here. We're in Pennsylvania. We came to visit him for the weekend. This is our getaway trip to relaxation. And at, like I said, she's our meditation person. This is our thing. Look, we got pool tables. The walls are adorned in Looney Tunes. And it, he has t-shirts that say Larry's Looney Tune Bar. You see, you can't get this everywhere randomly enough. This is our random East Coast feed. Everybody say goodbye to Jay and Nicole. We good? Brooke, don't talk too fucking much over here, please. Bye. There we go. We love you guys. <laughs> They're awesome. There you go, missus. I like your sweatshirt, Brooke. <laughs> what was it? This one. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's, I'm so used to seeing it on you. I didn't even notice. That's a riot. <laughs> uh, I think it's neat to have a Looney Tunes bar. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. Do they go together? The cartoons and the drinking? I guess. What's Probably. the difference? I guess it's just you love. All right. Um, let's see. Let's see if I can do this right here. And we'll check in if this works. And if I got the number right. This will be another phone call here. We'll be checking in. Hi there, I'm calling for Steve Kazan's service, please. Sir, can I refer to last name? Certainly, David Canary. Now, between you and me, David Canary's dead, but he did used to be a customer of hers. He was also a guest on my show in high school. He was the actor who was on uh, All My Children and uh, Gunsmoke and shit before that. But he did actually used to be a customer of uh, Kaz's, so. That's funny. (laughs) Uh, it's David Canary calling. <laughs> I'm stuck in I'm stuck in my X5 on the t- New Jersey Turnpike, and I'm uh, locked in, and I need your help. Oh, he played twins. He played the twins, Adam and Stewart, on uh, All My Children. <laughs> Sarcasm, man. It's Jay and Nicole, and we're sitting here with TJ Russell, and we're, uh, we're on the show. We're live at the moment, and we're calling to check in and uh, see how you coping. It's a new segment we're doing on the show called Mrs. Ryan. What is it called? How, how you coping? How you coping? <laughs> But car dealerships are okay. Oh my goodness! Uh, well, that is amazing to me. All I can think of was when we played the other day on the show. We played the. You had a breathalyzer in a customer car. You were <laughs> and I was thinking, oh, I, no, but I'm wondering how you're dealing with it in general. Do you do you guys have to wipe everything down for for both protection oh on God. both sides? Yeah. That's crazy, pants. Yeah. And you got to do it, though, right? Oh yeah, you got you got no choice at this point. Nobody's shaking hands. Every customer is giving you the elbow bump. That's what we just <laughs> did. That's what we just. I just learned that one. <laughs> oh man. I'm not into that. <laughs> All right, well, you guys are good there. We're probably going to check in with you periodically just to see how you're doing both, you know, at, at Ridgefield BMW and at home. We will, I promise. I'll be giving the nice East Coast feed of that as well. Trust me. 
All right. Please give our love to everybody there. We just watched your Looney Tunes bar uh, 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 video. Very funny. <laughs> All right. Love you guys. Love to everybody there. And please be safe. All right, guys. Love you. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We got that done. We did it. Yay. This is Ryan. That's everything on my list. You did everything. Oh, we got to. Oh, he's still here. Oh, except for hanging up with guys. Love you, buddy. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Ruining the illusion. Uh, oh, my gosh. I feel like I've uh, gone a mile a minute or whatever. Shut the hell up. Now it's your turn to talk. <laughs> Mrs. Ryan, it's time to ask the question on everyone's mind. Dun, dun, dun. Seriously, what the hell is going on, Mrs. Ryan? All the news is coronavirus related mm. out there, so I picked and choosed around it because we all know that's happening. You're wise. Um, woman. But what I was something I found out that I didn't know Japan's school year is totally different than ours, and it ends in March and starts in April. Okay. And Isn't so the whole calendar different than ours? Okay, sorry. But some people stuff. follow different New Year's and stuff. Gotcha. But the school year, so anyway, the school year is in the midst of all this when people aren't allowed to go to schools and gather and all that. So elementary school kids built in Minecraft a graduation ceremony. The video game. Yeah. So they could all hang out together and do it virtual a virtual so they could still have one wow. and still talk to their classmates That's and not awesome. try to shirk anything and if anything they all built it together so there was some teamwork and camaraderie and all that yeah. stuff as well. oh that's it's cool. a really neat way little kids are attacking this like adults are all freaking out that kids are like my buddy's on the internet i can deal with it like it's all ones and zeros if you know how to navigate that shit these days right yeah all right well cool there's ways around it good for them way to go kids in japan um I know we talked about this briefly, and everything's crazy. I don't know what football will look like when it comes back. When it's coming back, like, who knows? Right. But a former Michigan colleague of mine, Tom Brady, um, went on record to say he's not going to be with the Patriots anymore. He's a free agent as of tomorrow. Saw that, too. So Apparently, he went and met with Bill Belichick last night and the whole thing, and they had their sit down and just whatever. Decided to part ways. Yeah. He's got companies out here in California now. I think he grew Tom up Brady? here. Yeah. Well, that's when I saw the story I saw in the news. They've said, well, L.A. may be one of the places he would consider coming. Yeah. L.A. Char- Chargers. With Chargers. San Diego, L.A. Char- whatever. You never know. But yeah. it's uh, everything's different. So cool. we get to start over. Oh, right. I see. It's a fresh start. That's the, yeah. Didn't you say something about this when 2020 hit? Like, oh, it's astrology, astrologically or, you know, some energy or something. It's yeah. rebirth or. Was this all part of that? I'm asking you because I don't know what the hell to do. There's a lot in the energies and everyone can ab- apply differently. But like this certainly gives credence to my theory of like <laughs> no one's following old stuff. I just look outside and I see biblical stuff. I mean, it's Ghostbusters out there. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Uh, whatever. I don't want to go down that road. You know what I mean? It's fires one time, it's floods another time. And then There's a lot happening, but uh, I like Tom Brady because I went to college with him. I don't care per you, Were you with her at the same time? Yes. Oh, we went cool. to parties and sports stuff together. Oh, a lot. no way. Yeah, so I'm. if he comes back here, that'd be red. All right, fair enough. You never know. Um, and then uh, lastly, Nintendo I grew up on, but like Duck Hunt and like Mario. Super Mario Brothers, Brothers and, and Duck like Hunt all for that. sure. TJ, how old are you? Oh, so it might have been a little bit. We uh, st- you still had that? Yeah. Oh, cool. My first, uh, first video game Me too. Really? Yeah, Nintendo. Oh, we had an Atari. Parents had an Atari, but I was super young. Like I was 
Did you play it though? You knew how to play it? I did not. Nintendo was my first real memory. Of mm. Yeah, me too. Mine too. And like when I grew up, it was like achievement orient, like oriented, and like try oh. to get to the end of like the level and get to the next one. And yeah, it's interesting. Everything was racing to the end and how to beat your friend <laughs> at the next level and all that. So Nintendo is like, okay, everyone, slow your roll, settle down, and yeah. And so the new game they're launching is called New Horizons, and you it's not constant. Like, it's its maybe an hour at a time, they're saying, and you get points. Oh, you play it in, uh, in segments? Yeah, it's not okay. like, how much time can you spend on our gaming device? It's like, you earn points for doing chill shit. Like having conversations and fit learning to fish and fishing for your seriously. Mm-hmm. And this is all virtual in the game. It's all virtual in the game, but like it. Um, it's teaching people to calm down a little bit. I think so. Okay. There, you can always look at ways to apply them to yourself. But okay. Like it's a virtual way to calm down. What does it have a name? New Horizons. New. Oh, you said that. That's right. I'm trying to say super super New Horizons was what I call it Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> By Nintendo. Hey, and that's been. <laughs> oh, what's going on, Mrs. Ryan? Da, 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 dun, dun, da, da, dun, dun, da, 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 dun. Very nice. All right. We've uh, gone yabber, yabber, yabber for long enough. 17 minutes, Mrs. Ryan. Take a break. Okay. Get our guest, TJ Russell, in here. Cool. Uh, also, one thing I wanted to say, because I probably will forget to say it later, too. Um, we do want to know how you all are doing with all of this. So something we would like to do um, to make this a two-way street, uh, send in videos. Send in videos Please. to the Late Night Playset or Porsche Life. I guess Late Night Playset probably is better. Uh, Instagram. Uh, show us what you're up to. Show us how you're coping. Show us how you're dealing. Show us how you're hunkering down. How are you guys quarantining? What are you eating? Um, how, how are you cleaning your cupboards? Like, you know, it, we're all going to go pretty stir crazy. This is day two. <laughs> it's day two. I've seen on this Instagram day two. friends with doing stuff with kids. No one knows what to do. So yeah. share videos. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Please like share do. information. I'm assuming a lot of our people are going to spend a lot of time in the garage. I know I'd be polishing wheels or doing whatever right now, you know. Uh, so send it in. Um, and that's it. All right, time to do a quick break. Mrs. Ryan okay. and I and Late Night Playset will be right back with TJ Russell sitting in that chair to talk all about the Baja 911 and life and all the other stuff, his Toyota tire shirt, all the things. <laughs> Late Night Playset will be back right after this. <laughs> so delicious it's a hot sauce made by bears garlic and serrano mixed with love and care you can put it on your eggs pour it on your rice it's great on a leg it's better on a slice it's oh so delicious it's a hot sauce made by bears oh so delicious hot sauce great on everything except oatmeal get your bottle today at osodelicious.org one dollar from every bottle sold goes to the national military family association back and that's it we are back and we (laughs) we are back and we are sitting here with tj russell what's up brother thank you you so much for being here thanks for having me down oh my goodness uh thanks for making the time especially given the we'll we'll call it climate i guess well all right that's a great uh it's a great way to look at it uh i know that we passed you 
a couple blocks from here, so I assume that you might be in the neighborhood. Is your shop around here, yeah, or do I'm you? I'm 12 minutes away up in Sun Valley. Beautiful. So I've been driving around. I've been making the rounds. Yeah, uh, sorry, we passed you in the Baja 911. Yeah, cool. That was very cool. Yep. To see it on the street is wild because you know you're. I, I akin it to uh, remember when you first saw your uh, the. 10, 20 years ago, whatever it was, when the first H1 was like, you saw that for the first time on the street and it just was wicked wide. It was too wide for the lane. It was just something about it was just, that's too much. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it looked like Is when it? you were, oh, in the best way. Yeah. Well, I'm used to the H1 I, and now. I'm inside of it so I don't get the perspective from, but it's slowly becoming, I mean, I, I guess this shows how good social media works, but from time to time I'll get messages of like Baja 911 spotting going down like the 15 or something like that. So and like, you're just people that like people are paying attention that's pretty cool. So. Of course they're paying attention. Uh but what uh, when during those times it's not an event or anything you're just headed somewhere, yeah, right? Heading just somewhere, going to dinner. Yeah, I was going to the dino one day and then uh, I think heading down to Huntington another but every now and then you'll get people that follow you and recognize it and so it's cool. I guess that means that our mar- marketing department is doing good. I would, I would guess so, and I would also assume that that happens to you quite a lot. Uh, it's starting to. It uh, was fairly um, rare, you know, months ago, but it's oh. now, more people see it. It's kind of. Well, we'd seen pictures for a long time on social media when you were doing your build, and then I'm thinking the PEC. There was a PEC yep. morning shift, or or maybe the anniversary. Something was going yep. on there where yeah, you had it up on the curb. Yep. And it was like, oh, here it is in the flesh. It's wicked. It's it's mean. <laughs> it's yet kind of friendly too. At the same time, in the weirdest way, like yeah. a bug might be, like for a kid, you mm-hmm. know, uh, an insect type bug. What the hell, man? Where did it come from? Why'd you do it? Where did it start? Oh. How'd you do it? You know what I mean? Like yeah. as much as you want to tell people, oh, I'm curious see. about all it's, of it. Um, Point the microphone at your face yep. before you talk. Um, oh yeah, there you see. go. Where did it start? That's a. Uh, I guess. We'll, we'll start back with the Porsche thing. Um, you know, I've always, aside from the Porsche thing, I've always been into off-road and dirt. I grew up racing motocross okay, and go-karts and, and off-road. Did you grow up here in California? Uh, I grew up in Colorado. Ugh. I moved. I, really? Yeah. You're a real outdoorsman. Yeah, yeah. I raced, uh, I raced motocross every summer from the time I was five to when I moved out here, about 20. So that was a big part of my life. And I came out here uh, to get into stunts. Wow. Stunt, man. I was big into motocross and freestyle. No way. And I figured if I was going to wreck and break bones, I might try and get paid for it. So Just turning you up a little bit. When I, when I came out here, um, I, I ended up working for a company called Picture Car Warehouse. where we Get built, out of town. We built movie cars. You know Picture Car <laughs> Warehouse very well. Yep. So that, where, what year was that? Where, which location were they? Uh, this was back when was they still down at L.A. At, Center? Yeah, at Pico. Oh, wow. The, Long time the ago. The original, the old, 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 uh, I think it was a Home Depot at one time. No shit. So that was with uh, Ted Moser's a good family friend. What year was that? That would have been in 04 to 2008. Okay. Probably around that time. And then wow. And then uh, when I went to LA Center Studios um, wow. for that time. And then a little bit when it was up in Chatsworth, I think Northridge. I don't know where they are now, but I've heard that they have a beautiful facility now. I think now. up in Northridge still. But did they build a new place or something? Uh, I think they moved to be a really couple nice. times. I haven't been to the new place, but are you a movie car guy? Like, um, not necessarily. I guess when I moved out here, it was that was kind of like, oh, look at this, like you know, little kid from country in Colorado. I'm building movie cars, and like, so that was kind of a dream come true. And that yeah. that newness wears off, 
when you realize that you put your hard work into something and then it's just a prop on set. So it, it's cool for a couple of years. You're like, oh, the Fast and Furious cars and, and then this and then that. And then it kind of wears off. But well, it's f- it, it turns into a job. For me, it was exactly what you said. You put your heart and soul into making something, you know, art. Yep. And then it just gets absolutely destroyed, yep. ripped apart, and then yep. left to rot. <laughs> it's just a problem. It's, nothing more. It's nothing to it. Yep. So, so that was where, uh, it, in order to pay for the motorcycle and my off-road lifestyle, I, I got a job working and building cars. Hmm. So that's where the whole uh, fabrication and, and car thing, like, really took over. Um, I did a couple stunt jobs and got into that, but slowly and surely that kind of went to the side and, and building and metal fabrication was what I picked up. Wow. Metal fabrication is really what hooked me and, and got my, my gears turning. I, I spent, you know, my whole childhood was building models and even before that Legos and I was always tinkering and building stuff. Just I wasn't much of a, speaking of Nintendo, I wasn't much <laughs> of a video game guy. So mm. I was outside doing stuff building stuff breaking things and that's oh that's how a, that, you're getting there how Did, that kind of evolved as to being uh, you know a craftsman and, and like my mechanical when you were a kid did you like take your toys apart and put them back together and yes. shit like that yeah, yeah i was that RC, kid too yeah rc cars at christmas and for a long time dad got mad because i wouldn't put them back together <laughs> right so that was that was the next the next evolution <laughs> was to figure out how to put them back together so i was doing that and i think um um, one of my fondest memories was I took my own training wheels off of my bicycle. Oh. <laughs> so when you were ready or yeah, just because yeah, uh, four, these come off? Yeah, I was about four years old and I knew where dad's tool set, tool set was. And, you know, dad was working during the day. So I noticed I was, we had a, a long inclined driveway and, and there was days where I'd go down it and try not to touch my training wheels. Like that was oh. the goal. So all of a sudden I was like, I'm going to take these off. I think I'm ready and found dad's tools and. I need some more clearance here. I remember he came came home and I was riding circles in the driveway with no training wheels. And he was like, what? So that was, I think that was kind of the turning point. You knew you were ready. It was time to start doing stuff. And then, uh, you know, racing motocross, I was, um, after school, I was 10 or 12 years old and dad would be at work. And so I would do the top end (laughs) replacements on my dirt bike. So I was at a young age, I just out of of necessity. Yeah. So I would, I would do new top ends and port and polish my my engines on my 80s and 60s how old were you then i think 12 was when i was porting and polishing and and that is so young but not rings and new pistons and top ends and i would always prep intricate work we would race on the weekends and i would i would practice and prep my bikes during the week and that was that was our our team that's how we got it done But, but you get that that's a big deal right uh, yeah, I think now when I look back and being around more people that were like, that aren't mechanically inclined, but when I grew up, my neighbor raced motocross. And so he was there to kind of coach me through some stuff. And, and so your curve was already, uh, all one side of my family owned a service station, uh, for 50 years, my grandpa, my uncles. So in the summers I would go work on cars. So I think you look back now and it makes sense. But sure. when I was a kid, that was just what you did. Like that totally. was normal. So I remember being small enough, they would set me in the engine bay. And I would reach all the, the 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 studs on the back of the engine that they couldn't reach, and get greasy and, and I, dirty, and that was like. That I'm was assuming this was wicked fun. Oh yeah, this sounds course. like for a kid. Oh yeah, this getting greasy like and dirty, and that was that was awesome. Ever. Tools and. And yeah. you're helping though, yeah. even beyond. Yeah. So yeah. the parents are like, you know, hey, he's okay. Yeah, they were just big Legos, right? <sighs> wow, that's so cool. So that's where the mechanical and building aspect, and then we'll, I guess, fast forward to about nine years ago. Um, when I linked up with Singer Vehicle Design. Oh. So that was my introduction to the Porsche world. 
Um, until then, I was building hot rods and, and old American. Forgive um, me, I didn't realize this part of your story. So you worked at Singer as a fabricator. For nine years, my shop did all their fabrication. So There you go. Yeah, Who did knew? Not know. And it was kind of hidden and underground for a long time. You know, we didn't want to really have visitors, people coming to see. So um, we were secrecy. Yeah, we were subcontracted by them to do all of their, their fabrication and shells. So. 170 cars I got Whoa. to build for them. Cool. Wow, wow, wow. That's proud. a lot. Pretty proud. Yep. Holy cow, congratulations. Is that a relationship that is still... Yeah, we're still good. Okay. It, it um, I mean, no need to... Forgive get... me for poking yeah. around. No, no, I, it's I'm, totally it's okay. There's new no info need to get into me. the stuff, but for nine years, you know, we were... <laughs> Tell me about we were, your departure. <laughs> we were like we were like family, and uh, it just got to the point I did so many, and, and um, I have ideas of my own and aspirations, and... And that's where uh, the off-road 911 mm. thing that was that's actually been three years in the making. This isn't just I know the world sees this just this just came out, but about three years ago, um, you know, I would see the cars that they would bring in were all stripped down, sandblasted, primer black for us to do our fabrication on. So I had a bare canvas to like envision and measure things mm. and see see. And at that time, um, the safari thing had just kind of blown up. You know, Lee Keen was sure. probably responsible for doing the safari thing and, and making it a thing. Of course, Porsche has a history of racing off-road, which legitimized that sort of um, trend. Mm -hmm. um, but I just wanted to take it to the next level. And being in Southern California and an off-road enthusiast, you know, we're in the mecca of off-roading and um, trophy trucks and race trucks. And the fabrication on those is is the best in the world as far as motorsports fabrication goes so that's where because it needs to be right yeah and my, my love and like fascination for for overbuilt and and, fa and and fabricated you know mechanisms and machinery and it's just they're works of art right and they function so yeah not. so that's kind of where the two those two worlds kind of blended in for my idea to take this like off-road Porsche 911 to the next level I love the term overbuilt yeah. I love it. Uh, I don't like the term over-engineered, and they're two different things to me. Do you? Very much. Okay, so you would agree. What would you say the difference is there? Um, well, I think I'm a fan of the Porsche 911, but if there's ever, <laughs> if there's ever a car that is over-engineered, it would be a 911 when you, when you break it down. And I remember taking the wiring harness out of, out of the car, and it, two harnesses stretched from the back of my shop to the, to the front. And you're like, man, this is just this can be way, way easier and more simplified. So that was a big thing in, in my bills was to simplify things and yeah. and use technology in today's. And, and again, they're they're great cars. But they you know thirty no, thirty years ago, it was the tech side was different than it is now. So I like to say this, there's there's a lot of streamlining that can occur, and folks like you could probably yep. have that wherewithal to do yep. so. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't mean to make that a speed bump, but yeah, no. So that was. Uh, so the overbuilt, I think, is awesome because to me, that's all of a sudden, oh, I've got something that can handle anything you throw at it. Yep. So to me, that is like, ooh, all right, what do you got? That, that was kind of the, the vision there is to build something that would withstand. But that's what, that's what that, other people were thinking, right? That's what the, the Keens builds and the other. They're already doing that. You went beyond. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Uh, just I be, because I, I, um, a Porsche driven in gravel roads is cool. But there's a whole other world of off-roading, and you get into California deserts and, yeah. and northern Mexico, southern California. Uh, it's gnarly. <laughs> it's gnarly, and it's fun. But beyond that, it's, 
it's if you're going to claim to be something off-road, why don't you make it really, really worthy? So that was kind of my division the there. Is the Baja 911, uh, it seems to be almost a little bit of everything. It's not just a, it's not, I wouldn't even call it a safari car. It's not just a rally car either, though. I would almost call it like a crawler. It's well, got, I, it's got, it's a trophy truck. It's yeah. kind of everything, right? Uh, trophy truck's a different category. I know a lot of people. Oh, forgive kinda, me. Kinda, no, it's okay. It's okay. okay. Totally okay. But I would never disrespect the trophy truck community. Oh, by, I see. By I claiming see. that, right? That's a sure. whole nother, a whole nother deal. I know then some, forgive some, me. I didn't no, no, mean no, to disrespect the to, trophy totally, truck community. No, totally okay. <laughs> Um, what I meant more on the lines of that, yeah, what, I, when I look at one, I, I see that craziness. I think the best ex, uh, explanation I've come up with is that it's a dual sport car, meaning me wanting to do this as a business. It's cool. You can make the gnarliest, rigid, off-road machine, but where's your market? How are you going to sell that, right? Okay. And as a businessman, as a business owner, you need to make something marketable and something that people desire. So... The Porsche enthusiasts, uh, the the wealthy guys who are really into these cars, aren't. Let's go put a helmet on and thrash a car in the desert. Chances are they've never even been in the desert to go drive. Mm-hmm. So that's where the dual sport aspect of this make it daily drivable. Make it give it some luxury amenities that these guys would like to use, but also make it capable of doing things that they normally wouldn't put the car through. So that's where the the leather interior. Uh, the air conditioning. I didn't the, know it had AC. I the, didn't the realize fit, that. The fit and finish and all that aspect, and you, you throw it in a car that mechanically is sound enough to go do things like that. So that's, to me, where the business at. That was That's the market. So I didn't even realize that. I guess I'm learning stuff right here and now, but the, the I didn't realize the interior was so c- comfortable, for lack of a better term. Yep. Yep. And I guess the biggest inspiration is uh, luxury pre-runners, if you're familiar with the off-road world. Um, these guys that go pre-run Baja, okay. um, they they don't do it in their race truck. They do it in a pre-runner, which is something uh, that's a little more comfortable. Of course, you're not trying to go 100 miles an hour through the desert. You're trying to take notes. Okay, this is them learning the, the course yeah, or whatever? Yeah, learning okay. the course, taking notes, and pre-running. A lot of those trucks are probably the baddest vehicles around. They have leather, AC, navigation. Really? They seat four. Super comfortable, so you can go out and and, and do your rec- reconnaissance and and take notes. Are they all scratch built, or are they? Yeah, is most they, of, yeah, a okay. lot of, yeah, a lot it's of not... the teams. Um, there's some companies out there. Geyser Brothers and Stuart Raceworks. Uh, a few. There's a lot of shops that make them. I'm just naming the two that are have been an inspiration through my time. Sure, but they are pretty much a full blown race truck, trophy truck with modern day amenities and. To me, that's like the awesomest vehicle you could have. So. I have to agree with you, but I'm only learning about it right now. Like, what a cool thing. Yep. It's just the extremes on both sides. Yep. So I think that's where I found dealing with my history in the last nine years building Porsches and the high-end clientele mm-hmm. and the fit and finish that they respect and Huge. like. And, and the, if, you do thing, if you do things to extra levels, it's appreciated, right? Yeah. So what we try to do is we're not making a commodity these aren't just cell phones these are rolling pieces of art and for people with money uh who are successful and like to enjoy things like that that they appreciate it yeah so i try and make everything design our own parts you know we make all our own suspension the whole car is is one off basically um there's i think five or six items on the car that we purchase off a shelf and bolt onto it but other than that um uh, you know, it, Rod Emery, guys like that, her are a big inspiration on 
on craftsmanship and making your own parts. So we're, we're not trying to sell a lot, but we're trying to make a very, very, very good product. Well, that's incredibly impressive to me. I mean, the Emory products obviously speak for themselves. So if you're even making a comparison there, you obviously are yeah, feeling very strongly he's a good about your work. Mine and, and inspiration, he's helped out. He's been a guy that I can call and ask questions to, and he's more than welcome to. More, Such more, a good dude. Yeah, he's awesome. And he helps out and he answers his phone anytime I, I give him a call. And he's like, what do you need? I'm like, just, I just got to ask you some questions. What do you think? And he's there, so. He's a big inspiration. He's a good, great guy. Well, you're in good company then. I mean, you mentioned, you know, you had background at Singer and then, you know, you've got influence from Emory and stuff. Uh, what I was going to say was in looking at this car, and I know there are there are other ones being built now, right? Yeah, I've got, uh, yeah, a couple in order. All right. Well, at least, but it's the same one I've been seeing around, like at Sierra Madre. That was yeah. you in the same one. Okay. Yeah. The thing I noticed is it is art. It's art. Thank you. It's an art car. Thank you. Um and I don't know anybody who wouldn't see that, but I mean, it just is. Um, I didn't realize that that was so intended. I thought it was like, oh, well, he did this thing and then, you know, maybe it got here. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, I mean, I think you were on the same page, but taking things to the next level, you know, and not things just not being good enough. Okay. So, oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, that's some, some of us have that. It's a curse and a blessing i guess are you always just turning it turning it up a little bit yeah yeah and i guess that's always the that drive to be better i guess that's probably a co that competitive nature from motocross yeah and, and and racing is to be better than the next guy and not just be okay cool here's what i'm doing but try and outdo number two what i know about motocross is it's got like almost 100 percent injury rate oh yeah how badly have you been injured, uh, and I've, and is that why you don't do it anymore? Yeah, I slowed is down. It? You know, I I was big into the freestyle and then the backflips, and I, I tried. Oh my I, god! I made a living doing doing it for a year or two. Speaking of Nintendo, yeah. this was Excite Bike when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, multiple you know concussions and broken bones and surgeries, and this is why. But you're flying through the air. You're doing that shit. Yeah, yep. I actually had a couple world in the arenas and a couple world records at one time. I had the longest what? longest backflip on a pit bike. And longest distance jumped on a pit bike. I got big into the, the little stuff, the pit bikes. They were more fun. And being out here in the city, they were, I don't know. There's, there was a, a, a time where it was a huge, a huge like deal and trend was the pit bike stuff. And What's I, a pit bike? Pit bike is like the 110 CC. Basically, they were the bikes that you drove around in the pits. Tiny frame. At, at, a, at a motocross race. And yeah, small, they're little kids' bikes, basically. They're little kids' so, bikes that we modify and put suspension on and, and, in big motors. Was it a mini? Was it the same thing as a mini bike when mini, I was a kid? Yep, they yep, called them mini bike. Thing, mini so bike. same thing we saw like yep. uh, Paul Newman riding around in on the on the pits in that video we saw. That's what day. I hoped. Just a, a trendy portion in time in, in the motorcycle world. So. Speaking of video games, before there's a video game called Trials. Trials. Do you know that one? Like time trial, something like that. But no. it's it's everything you're talking about. You can ride that that those little I'm, bikes and everything. I'm sure, and there's almost been a crazy few good shit. Things, <laughs> Wow. All right. So world record holder. Forgive me for not doing that research. It's been a weird week. Uh, and then was it actually an injury that took you out of it? Or? No, I, did, I just chose. Okay. You know, you, you get hurt and it, there's, there's, a, there's a turning point to where you have to, like back when I did it for a living, you, you look at the ramp and you're, not, you're ignoring the thought of injury, right? I can't die. I can't get hurt. But mm -hmm. that's what it takes when you're doing the stuff that we were doing is you have to ignore that. You can't have fear in the back of your head. And then there was just a day that the switch changed. And it's like, what am I doing? Like, is mm. it worth it? You have a couple friends get paralyzed and a couple friends die. And 
and all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, at, at one time it was, I have, a, I, I can make a living out of this. It's a career. It's a career. Make a name, make a name, do this trick, beat this distance. And then it's just, what am I doing? Right. Like, you know, you got to, at one point you got to just transition. You get older and you can't do it anymore. So uh, I'm, it's awesome. I did it when I was young. If you were that you know? good at it though, did it feel like a calling at any time? Though? Oh, like, absolutely. oh, I'm so good at this. That's oh, what I'm was, supposed to be all doing. I was going to do the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. It was what I'm going to be is a professional motocross rider. And that's it. That was it. Right. I'm going to go further, jump higher, be faster than the next guy. And maybe you did. You did all that stuff. Yeah. So you achieved it. And yeah. then it was okay to move yeah. on. Wow. Okay. And you realize, you know, when you're young, you, you see all the pros on TV that, that have fancy cars and make millions of dollars. But <laughs> it's rare. It's rare. But they all went through the same path. Everybody's, you got to get hurt and, and, and pay your dues. And it was, you know, I can't, I have, I have no regrets. I got to travel the world for four months and see everything and get paid to ride a dirt bike. It was awesome. <laughs> and, and what's cool is that chunk of change that I had saved from that is what opened up my first shop. Oh man. So I, I had money. I saved money. I was like, well, what am I going to do? I don't want to go work for anybody else. I want to build what I want to build. So I took that money, opened up a shop, bought a few welders, um, some, uh, a, a lathe, a mill, just the tools that I thought I needed and opened up the shop. And then started building cars and, and got a name in our area. And that's when I linked up with Singer. So there's uh, nothing but take chances. So it all worked out. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> take chances, follow your gut, follow your heart. And that's kind of what led to. Have you, I was going to ask you a few minutes ago, and then you sort of just got there. I was going to ask you before, are you a deep guy? Do you, th- are you a deep thinker and stuff like that? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And then you just said, follow your heart and everything. So I sort of believe yeah. you must be. Yeah. Uh, you're an artist too, so are you connected to like the artist tether? Do you believe that these thoughts come from someplace else, or are you the guy who's like, I fucking came up with this? Um, well, <laughs> there's I no mean, wrong answer, well, you know what I mean? Because no, I mean, you need a little bit of little everything's ego. inspiration, right? Yes, it, something has to inspire, whatever, however small and, and minute it is. Bravo, there's something that sparks that fire. So, not and, everybody and, celebrates and that, that though, and that's but that's every artist, every you know, it comes from somewhere, whether an upbringing or bad uh, or good. It might not be good either, it might be a bad. I totally agree with you, but I feel like you've probably run into some personalities that don't necessarily celebrate those same fundamental beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got a different passion, I guess. And some people that uh, don't click and see, but that's, I mean, each their own, right? Yeah, that's right. It's exactly right. Um, What do you want to talk about? What what's interesting with you these days? Like why, what are you, how are you dealing with this fucking crazy? Uh, You know what? I, Honestly, I don't think it's as bad as we are being told. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think I think there's a without getting into crazy conspiracy theories. <laughs> I think there's something else going on in the background of all this. If you look at the numbers of of affected and deaths, it's not that scary. It's even not as bad as the flu. But we're all smart in stopping it before it gets bad right right so lower the curve you know lower that the the curve of damage that it does um but it's it goes to show you today what media how powerful media is and how the whole world is you know 10 20 years ago we might not be hearing about it unless we read a paper but it's the world we live in right now because the access you mean the access like you have access to global news we know that somebody in China right now is freaking out where years past we would have no idea unless your neighbor's freaking out and your neighbor's neighbor and we kind of 
heard of it through the grapevine. But, um, you know, I think it's all good if we can minimize the damage that's occurring. Yeah. Um, But I I don't think it's as bad. Do you guys know anybody that's sick from it? I don't know anybody who's sick from it, but I do know people that were traveling overseas that were saying it was much worse there than we were being told here at the time now this is a month later so who the heck knows and you know what i mean i trust my friend but i wasn't there i don't have any firsthand yeah i Uh, I mean you know i've just heard stories of people that are affected in different ways yeah like a lot of people are like their productions that they were working on have shut down oh financially all over the place economically this is huge it's crazy but i just mean like people traveling or like don't know what to do with kids like all that stuff yep but i don't know sickness i guess yeah you know one thing that's i guess always try and take the good from something this is awesome that we everybody needs to shut down like we live in a, and I've noticed myself in LA, like some, the difference between Colorado and here is it's a hundred miles an hour all the time. Like I'm, I'm stressed when I'm driving. I got to get go, go, go. Yeah. And this is like a mandatory, everybody relax, breathe, spend some time with your family. You know? Yeah. yeah. I, I, those fundamental, uh, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that we got away from yeah. as a, as a culture, as yeah. people individually, as families, whatever. And I agree when it comes we'll to like wholesome it. values, it's kind of nice to watch everybody. I hope pull everybody together. sees it. And like year after year we go, remember that break we had, how awesome it was. And I know there's other countries that have, you know, their new years, they shut down for a week or two mm-hmm. to celebrate things. And I, I think it's good. Yeah. You take anything good from it. Like we look back and go, man, that was nice to just, doesn't hurt to take work, a beat. Work's not that important. You've got family. Work's going to be there. I mean, everybody's got to pay bills, obviously. Yeah. But to just stop and sit down and be with your pets and your family, and maybe you, I've talked with your family a little bit more. You know, we have plenty of time to sit on the couch and make phone calls and and talk and reconnect. With Let's connect. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we got to see the good in that. Love that. And the roads are clear. <laughs> Get me started. I haven't been wanting to say anything because yeah. the roads have been clear. Yeah, I, got here, I got here extra early. I was like, man, I'm early. We were just talking about that. You know, when we, LA, you plan for whatever the time it says and then oh, plus 20 minutes mm. or so. And At least. Early, so. Stay home, everybody. Um, the roads are clear. We we joked about uh, before the show about, you know, skeleton crew here and everything else. Um, and then we kind of got into, again, a fundamental conversation of, of who you are and how you run your business. Um, you're sort of a one man show too, a little bit, right? right? Right now. Yeah. How does that, Just, how does that work? Uh, isn't that a little bit your personality too? Yeah. 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 A little bit of, um, um, solidarity, I guess. Mm. And, and peace and quiet. I mean, obviously to make a big business really work, you need employees and you need help. Um, but I found this past year, um, you know, and had to lay everybody off and, and had to take the chance at building this car. I just had enough money. I fun- uh, self-funded. Right. But had just enough money um, saved up to build the car to float myself for 12 months. You know, at the time, I no girlfriend, no child. So I had no, no responsibilities. So no respo- <laughs> I just, this, was, this was my goal. Here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to commit to it. Um, so once, you know, with that being said, it's, it's – and as a craftsman, I like to learn more and, and learn every aspect of building. So – uh, a fabricator by trade, I got to teach myself um, modeling mm. and carving and composites and all this sort of thing. So, oh, actual, so back, yeah. actual, mo- not to 3D yeah. modeling, uh, clay modeling yeah. and stuff. Well, clay, but I used foam. Sure, right? wow. So the, whole, the whole, to get off topic, but the whole left side of the car, uh, I carved out of foam. 
to model it and figure out what I want it to look like without doing it the computer way. I like, you know, the old hands away. Um, I love, love you. So, yeah. So we <laughs> back to the, back praise. to this up uh, doing things by yourself. We were talking about how I love your setup and you've got cameras and it's just you, but that, that's what, what started our, our conversation about kind of me being a one man band. And it's nice to, um, I feel like these days there's a lot of companies in the car world where your boss and owner doesn't build cars and he's, he's a businessman. And I feel like there's a big, that's the stepping stone from being really, really great and just existing was your boss needs to know what he's talking about when he's pointing at you and saying, do this and do that and giving suggestions. So for me, my first step before, you know, obviously I'm committed to this. If this takes off for a decade or so, Mm. I need to know every aspect of that build. And so I wanted to teach myself composites and modeling and I'm, you know suspension i'm good at and metal fabrication i'm good at and sheet metal i'm good at and design i'm good at but learn all the things that you're not yeah so a you can teach people but b when you go to outsource certain things you need to know if you're being bullshitted yep just in which, general you which, know exactly so I, c- I can ask questions i go to different different vendors that are helping with composites and carbon fiber and in cad work but you need to be knowledgeable and savvy enough to know if somebody's bullshitting you and if they're telling you the truth about some things. So this is all a big self lesson into this the bigger picture of this business. So Is that intuition and insight or is that somebody who's been burned a couple times uh, from experience? Because it could be either one or yeah, both. Yeah, it could be both, but being able to see ahead to not get burned. Bravo, be, yeah, be foresight. A couple, be a couple steps ahead. Foresight, love so, that. Because, um, you know, lessons are... Failing is a great lesson, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not always bad. No, you know, it's never good. bad. But if you zoom out far enough, yep, it's always if good. Le- if you learn some, something from it and you're better the next day because of it, it was a benefit, but let's minimize the damage when the failing occurs. So just at least, you know, I might, you might do business with some wrong people or make some bad decisions or, or design something. You're like, man, you get done with it. And you're like, Oh, I should have just done this and tear it all back off the car. But you learn. Don't say that. So just, well, that happens. That happens. I took um, my rear fender on that car. The front, you know, went went perfect. Mm-hmm. Carved it, pulled the fender out, carved it. And it was very important for me to have, keep this like Porsche shape. Mm-hmm. You know, make it, I didn't want a Jeep, to look like a Jeep shop. Sure, sure. An off-road 911. It was, and seeing the clientele that in, in, in the Porsche world, they're probably the most picky of all the car people. So it was very important to make that look very Porsche. So I got the front dialed in right away. It came out great. And the rear took me five or six times. Just I get it. I get it to a point and you shave too much off. And like, ah, so you add. And then at one point, I just ripped it off the car and started from scratch. So that was, that's part of that six-month process. of. And that's of one side at a time, too. Yeah, and that was, well, I just did one side of the car. I right. didn't want to try and. Oh, oh, and then and, scanned it? Yep. Smart. Yep. So, so you stay, you got a little bit of learn, best, learn best the of hard world. Yeah, learn, do it the manual way and learn. And, and then, then bring in the technology. You, you use the technology when it's needed. And it's something that I wasn't aware. You know, I could, we could have paid. It costs a lot of money to have a CAD guy sit there and surface draw all your parts. Yeah. And you can still run into the same problems. Once you f- make your test part with fitment, it might not fit right. So mean, you can right. run into the exact same problems. Well, I'd rather use my labor. My labor's free to me. So I could sit there for six months and carve and not pay a dollar other than your couple files and some carving foam. Yeah. So 
I wanted to do that. You're learning either way. Right. And, and everything's different. You can see something on the computer and it looks cool. And then you get it in life and you're like, oh man, that's not quite right. So I had one shot. I didn't have a big budget or investors to like redo stuff and go, oh, let's get it right the next time. I was like, I have one shot at this. Yep. So let's get it right or get it as close as I can to being right. And so impressed with you. And three years really is not that long when you're looking at what you've done and where you started and where it's well and that was the three years was the idea i built that car from foam to sema in a year and a half by myself it's all amazing it's all amazing and it seemed it seemed like it was a lot of work the last two and a half months before SEMA, you know at i think sema was in november uh about june was when i made a deal with toyo you know, I was kind of shopping around and trying to get I, – I, I wanted to debut it at SEMA so the whole world could see it. Yep. But I didn't want to be in the back corner of, of the parking lot outside. So you partnered. So, yeah, just – Yeah, you know, smart guy. So just being the business savvy, I had, I had some renderings done. I paid for some renderings and shopped that around a little bit. I didn't have to go Saying, far. if I build this, will yeah, you get and, on board? And I contacted – I had some, some buddies at Matt Crook at 1552 Wheels. And he's like, well, you know, have you tried Toyo? I was like, no, just who's just give me the connect. Who do I talk to? And so I sent them uh, a, a picture of what I was doing, and they had already been following the build, I guess. Ah, so that was pretty cool. They were, beautiful. They were Porsche guys. When you um, don't have to sell so, yourself to, so, to the potential sponsor. Exactly. It's always nice. So linked up with Toyo. So long story short, once we found out that Toyo was on board and they gave us a booth and a big spot and a big unveiling, that that's when the rush set. So I had – uh, the two and a half months leading up to SEMA, I worked 18-hour days every day. Yeah. No exaggeration. I think I, ha- I might have had a couple of days off. We had a, a family thing to go to. I might have had two days off, sorry. <laughs> but it was 18. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. I lost 20 pounds, and, but that was devotion and dedication, and I figure I have one shot and to you make it. the world see this. It, otherwise, you did I'm, it. Otherwise, it's I'm, amazing. I I, this was my budget. And this is, I'm going to make a business. If this doesn't work, I have to go back to working for somebody else. And I didn't want to do that. So it was uh, two and a half months of the hardest thing I've ever, from from racing motocross and training and wrestling. There was things I've done throughout my life that required physical and mental toughness. Wrestling too? Did you mention that before? Yeah, no. Oh, man. But yeah, I grew up wrestling from, well, that was. You've got the right stature for it. In Colorado, I had, that was the rules with my dad is I had to wrestle in the wintertime to be able to race in the summertime. Oh. Keeps you fit, oh. keeps you busy. Mm-hmm. And it taught me a lot. I'm a little guy, but it taught me mental toughness and and um and being physically fit and and uh, knowing how to push yourself physically through things and mentally. So th- those all go hand in hand, but Do but, you know do you know the uh, uh Adam Corolla's company over there? Do you know anybody over there? Nate Adams is specifically who I'm thinking of. From uh, Chassis Media, I thought maybe no. you might have run into each other. No, oh, he's a hardcore wrestler too, like from oh. his whole life. No, I was, I haven't done it. I mean, I stopped at high school. So, but the lessons you learn from the things you did as a kid, and mental toughness was. We were talking about that being part of the big deal in this build, was wanting to discipline. Quit. Yeah, or just wanting to quit. You get you come up to a roadblock and something that doesn't make sense, and and there was a handful of times I wanted to quit. You're like, God, is, am I really? Is this is it just a pipe dream? Am I the only one in the world that thinks this is cool? Because I've, I've like convinced myself to do it. Right. And so you have to step back and, and just go work on something else. You know, I'd come <sighs> to a roadblock and all right, put it down. Let's go to the back of the car. Let's do, let's work on bumpers. So you do that and you get to a point and that's, it, it clears your head and then it gives you, you usually come back 
a couple of days later and go look, I mean, go, oh, have an idea. I go click. This is what I'm going to do. Boom, boom, boom. And it solves your problem. So instead of sitting there and just dwelling on it, put it aside, yeah. walk away, go back to something else and keep pushing through. So a lot of the, most of the really cool pieces on that car were the product of a problem, mm. not necessarily like a great idea. The rear window. If you've seen the molded rear window, yeah, that was uh, a product of where am I going to put these coolers? Like the oil coolers and AC condensers are all moved to the back where they're safe. I can't put, you know, a stock 911 has AC condensers and oil coolers in the front of the car in the wheel wells. So from an off-road standpoint, you can't, they're too vulnerable. They'll get destroyed. So the only place I could put them was in the back package tray of the car. Well, that that created cooling issues. How do I feed it with air? I had little knock-a-ducks. I was going to do the, sure, sure. you know, the purchase knock-a-ducks in the rear window. That's and I was like, what we would expect to it's see. It's not going to be enough. So wow. did some thinking and, and a little bit of research as to aerodynamics and airflow over the rear window and high pressures, low pressures and stuff like that. Silly so, question. Yes. Would you have found all that stuff if you just 3d printed everything? Like, would it have alerted you to like, this doesn't uh, fit? You mean like in CAD and computer? Yeah. If if you're using the programs that tell you that, like that's a whole other program, the fluid dynamics. So if you don't have that program, you might not know. Yep. And in order to do that, you Tech. still have to have a drawn part to analyze, right? So there still has to be the idea and the part. So You need the reference in first place. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So what led to that, what, one of my favorite parts of that car is that molded rear window. It just looks cool, and I'm pretty proud of it. It's, you know, it and it's a solution. It, yeah, and it took a couple times, and it was a solution to a problem. And that wasn't – I didn't have that idea right from the get-go. And actually, the speaking of that, which is – I don't know if you've seen, but the car is based off a of cabriolet. It's a convertible. I, well, only in so, – I didn't know that in the beginning. It w- uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah so a convertible, right? So I, I, I spent a lot of time arcing the roll cage to look and follow the Porsche lines because my thought was how cool would it to be to go drive down the beach or up in Pismo or in the sand dunes with the top off, right, kind of like a Ford Bronco. Mm-hmm. So that originally was the plan. However, with that rear window being the duck now, I couldn't take the roof off. So it kind of it hindered something. Now it's more permanent, but I still love the it. Window super cool. So it's a good. I foresee you being able to figure a way around that in the future and offering a Targa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's ways to do it. I just didn't want to have a bunch of aluminum tin work and air ducts. I wanted to keep it really sleek and clean. Yeah, but yeah, I appreciate that. the tactileness of what you're doing. Like it says so much about like not the easy way out of just printing shit and yeah. going into a computer like. Yeah. I really appreciate that part of the craftsmanship that you bring to the yep. table. And it was just an, an idea. And then uh, what, what confirmed that idea, Jeff, Jeff Gamroth, Rossport Racing, my oh. engine builder. Um, oh. Awesome guy. We've, okay. we've, we've come to be really, really good friends. But he came to the shop to visit during the build. He got wind of, of the product, you know, the car and what we're doing. He came to visit, and we kind of hit it off. But I showed him what I was doing here. And I was like, what do you think, Jeff? You know, if I, I want to put the cooler here and duct here. And he goes, that's amazing. He goes, that will work. I go, are you sure? He goes, here's how I know it will work. Well, Jeff, Jeff's been – he has a 911 that he's been racing off-road. He's raced uh, two Nora 1000s and a 500. So he's got experience in, in a 911. So he mounts his oil cooler up in the rear window. And he's like, you know how I know that will work? He goes, well, in his, in his setup, he's got the oil – cooler in the rear window he takes cabin air and pumps it out the back of the window and behind the car 
It all works works pretty good until you're at 60 miles an hour and all the air pressure above the rear window at speed reversed his fan and it pushed the hot right air back, in. back into the oh. cabin. So he goes, I know for a fact that at speed, there's a lot of airflow and pressure that's going to push down into that. So I go, awesome. That was confirmation I needed. Wow. But at that time, I had the, the prototype kind of set in there just to show him. He goes, that's brilliant. I that's go, so cool. Thank you. I mean, I you did. basically got wind tunnel testing based on experience, yeah. not the wind tunnel. And are there tech – is there – tech out there that would let me and confirm that data sure you know we could go to a big engineering company and and firm and we could analyze the fluid dynamics in the car with a drawing but that's not what i do i mm. like to do things kind of my way and figure it out and it was just confirmation that that's what worked you're awesome, dude. Thank you. Uh, is there anything that we need to get to that we didn't yet? I'm enjoying talking to you, I mean, but like we're... What's your questions? I mean... Well, no, I'm I mean, saying time-wise we're pretty good, okay. but but I don't... You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't want to misuse this, I mean, there's ex- so, this opportunity. There's so many things in that everybody's like, tell us some details. I'm like, I'd have to sit there for three hours and walk you through the car because there's so many... There's so many little cool aspects of it that I'm... That is the truth, right? You got to do a walk around. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, let's go down to the garage. <laughs> I almost drove. I almost drove it down here today. I wasn't sure about all the weather and parked it on the street. I figured we, that would have been awesome. Or just bring it in the another, garage. Yeah, we can make another day. You guys come. <laughs> That's awesome. Go for a ride. Uh, yeah, especially if you're right around the corner. I'd love yeah, to come see it for sure. So see the shop and whatever. Um, there is a segment we do called Final Thoughts. It's an opportunity for you to speak directly to camera to uh, say anything you want. Sometimes people say something inspirational. Sometimes people say, check out my social media. It's really up to you. But Does that it's... mean we're almost over? <laughs> this, went, this went quick. It's been over an hour, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it doesn't take long to sit here and get, get drowned out and... Well, you're very interesting. You've got a lot to share. Thank you. I feel like we missed a lot. That's what I'm saying. What what should we get to? I've got other cars. We've got other bills. What are we doing? What's the future? What's coming up? All right. So obviously this was the prototype for a business, right? This was a shot in the dark. Let's see where it takes off. Well, I've been making my rounds around the States and trying to go to all the shows that we possibly can. And I've got a few on order, which is awesome. Okay. Um, So we are taking orders for these. They're all based off of the same suspension, the same body. And obviously we've got some, some specs to wear color. If you're, if you want to go racing, um, you know, we're getting into the, the Nora 1000 and the Nora 500 arriving drives. And we hit a whole new market of, of successful guys who want to experience that racing in Mexico. So we have a cool platform to go do it in. in Sweet. A car. Yeah. So that's, that's, um, and then I just want to keep going with the social media and marketing side of it. Um, I've got some cool stunts planned out and some cool oh videos, which was part of teaming up with like Toyo and Steal It and companies like 1552. There we go. In case anybody doesn't know what we're talking about by now, it's this sucker she right is. here. My goodness gracious. Oh, she'll car. never be as clean as that day. Isn't that cool? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, I built it to go thrash and, 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 and go have fun in, but man, it was so nice and clean when it, when it rolled out for the first time. It's like... It was a shame to go get it dirty, but uh, that's what awesome. we built. That's the whole point of it, right? I think it's awesome. Yeah, well, I mean, see you at the PCA Concours. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> so I tried to make the rounds with it while it was fresh. I knew there was going to be a day where we are going to go out and get it rock chipped, and we destroyed it in Florida for the DRT event. We had a big gravel parking lot that, oh. and mud that we got to go play around for three hours, and we gave rides, and, oh, that's so and cool. it was really gravelly and rocky, and it destroyed the bike. I learned that I need stiffer mud flaps. I learned that I need some rock guard protection in certain areas so it was lesson learned right so 
You're awesome, it was dude. Cool. It was good R and D to go out, but it, it it thrashed it. The rear fenders were destroyed. The rockers were destroyed. You're so. awesome. But now I've got <laughs> so fun. Now we've got bedliner. Is we've got rock chip guard. Fiberglass, carbon. Yeah, it's all it's all composite. Parts okay. are fiberglass. Some carbon. So sure. I've had I've had um, thoughts originally. I wanted to make everything out of carbon, just because these guys want to hear that their car is yeah, carbon. Yeah. But in the, in it's no, I not, mean it's true. It, it's, it. There is no real benefit to the stuff that we're putting it through. You're not gaining. Um, anything by doing out of carbon. We have is it because it's lighter that yeah. they want it? Well, but you can make, like, my new fenders are as light as carbon, if not a little bit stronger. But in stronger, I mean, you add flexibility to the part, which means it's not brittle and it's not going to break. Carbon is brittle. Carbon's super strong, but it will splinter and, and, and shatter when it's hit really hard. So the fiberglass that we're using is more forgiving. So a rock coming up into it is, is more flexible to yeah. vibration. So it's there's, more what you want, yeah, really. so some of the parts we're going to do, some of the interior pieces are going to be carbon that aesthetically look Show really, really pretty, kind of things, yeah. but they're not going to be getting hit with like softball size rocks and, <laughs> and branches and bushes and stuff like that. So it sounds stuff. like, you know what you're doing, trying, I'm learning <laughs> things that I don't, I read. Uh, or fake it till you make it, right? Uh, Friday mornings. <laughs> Friday mornings when all this shit's said and done. Hopefully you'll uh, drive it up to Breakfast Club one time. Yeah, what? I've been actually meaning to do, go do that. There's a lot of stuff here in L.A. to go, and I've just been busy making the rounds. Tomorrow we've got a meeting, um, so the car comes back. The sad part is the car comes back apart now. Oh, so no I'm, way. I'm, I'm making new parts and measuring and redoing stuff that I knew I would have to do. You know, this car was the prototype. And sure. some of the stuff I've got measured and, and mocked up and templated and and blueprinted and some stuff i don't so now the roof's coming off the hood's coming back off the interior i'm probably going to go race this car uh in the 500 in october oh. in october we got to put it through you know i got to put my money where my mouth is so we're yeah gonna, we're going to go race it. <laughs> Plus, it's, it's, where are you going to race uh, it? down in mexico the nora 1000 is okay. the old the nora races are the old baja 1000 courses and they're spread out through a couple of days so it's more of a gentleman's race but it's probably one of the awesomest events you can do. I love it. I'm excited about all this stuff as well as knowing you in the future because I've seen your car at events and stuff, and now we can say hello to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have known. <laughs> of course. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this experience. This we was totally awesome. enjoyed having, this is good. Uh, having I like you, you guys over. Set up. I'm, Thanks, I, man. This is, I, you know, we, this is, I feel the individuality, and you're doing it yourself, and that's cool. Thanks, brother. Don't ever get a big crew. Thanks, brother. Appreciate I mean, if you it. do, that means you made it. But no, keep, it's keep a different thing. Your, yeah, keep doing your thing. I like it. It's Thanks, good TJ. Really appreciate Goodbye. that. Uh, Mrs. Ryan, who do we have tomorrow? Paul Prevence. That's right. That's right. That's right. This is the weekend where everybody knows our guests. Uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow we've got Paul Provenza here, comedian Paul Provenza. Uh, gosh, I used to watch him all through the 80s and 90s on uh, Comic Strip Live and Evening at the Improv. And he hosted the Green Room, right? Then he hosted the Green Room on uh, Showtime more recently, which is a show we love very, very much. So yeah. Paul Provenza tomorrow. And then uh, Tom Riding's on Thursday. Mm -hmm. so, all right. Mrs. Ryan, I love you so very much. I love you too. TJ, we love you so very much, Thank brother. You Thank you Thanks for being so much here. For air knuckles. Yeah, air knuckles and everything. <laughs> everything. Whatever we're supposed to do. Air elbows, air ankles. Uh, we love everybody at home. Please love one another. And goodness gracious, just uh, you know, hang on to each other. Yeah, check in. Check in. And send us videos, too. That's the other thing. Send us videos to show us how you're coping. Talk to everybody tomorrow. Mrs. Ryan, I love you. See you later. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs>